Hey everybody, it's We Got to Beat, the podcast devoted to 80s and beyond teen entertainment. I'm your host, Michael, and my sister Mindy is on the other side. Hello, everybody. Well, you did, did, did. that for no, me. No, that was your voice. Good job. That, that's, no, that's totally what you sound like. I know. You you did such a good job of throwing your voice to sound like me. I'm impressed. Yes, but yet I'm the dummy. <laughs> yes, this is a perplexing situation where I'm... <laughs> anyway. Hey, I don't remember you... Have you ever been babysat? Have I ever had a babysitter? Yes. Is that what you're I don't asking? recall you ever having a babysitter. That didn't include me as well. I was... I don't really recall my I was wildly before. mature. Yes. At eight years old, you were able to take care and of me. And I had you. Yeah. Was I your babysitter? I just felt like I was an incompetent buffoon who didn't pay attention. Which I mean, is good enough for our... You were, yeah. <laughs> technically, I think you were supposed to be in charge, but... I don't know. Like, I think we were... I don't really think I needed to be babysat. Right. I, I don't, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I just can't remember. I'm sure you I needed. had one. Have you ever been... You've been a babysitter. Oh, well, duh. I forgot. Oh, we yeah. Sure, sure. Right. I used to babysit a lot. But since I started babysitting when I was like 11 or 12, that's probably why I never had a babysitter. Because then I started doing the babysitting. I don't remember any wild adventures. I don't remember anything weird ever going on just so mundane which is good because uh, <laughs> two movies we're discussing that have to do with babysitting uh wow those are some adventures is actually the correct title <laughs> no for sure you know i think part of the reason why i never had adventures even though i probably babysat for 10 years I would say I probably I, I babysat until I was like even when in, in college still I didn't have a car. Uh, yeah, How much adventuring can you have that does not involve a car? This is true. Um, I mean it it eliminates a lot of possibilities. Yeah. So. I, um, but the two movies we're discussing is Adventures in Babysitting and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Two Keith Coogan uh, co-led films. He's not the lead, but he's the co-lead in them. And uh, we have Elizabeth Shue in Adventures of Babysitting and uh, Chris, that Christina Aguilera. Christina Applegate. <gasps> oh, <my>. <laughs> she was eight years oh, old. <laughs> well, she could have. She was in the Mickey Mouse Club at the time. <laughs> uh, don't, uh, Christina Applegate in her first, I think it's her first starring role. And uh, both big hits, fondly remembered. I think um, Adventures of Babysitting, I think, is the one that was more well-received if I remember correctly. And this one we've seen a thousand times. We had this on VHS tape. We watched it over. And I knew every beat when we revisited it. Which one now? I'm sorry. Adventures in Babysitting. Remember how often we watched this movie? This was on that classic. We always talk about these VHS tapes that we got with 87 movies and 88 movies on it. We watched until they just wore out. Yeah, you know, there are, despite the fact that we had seen it so many times, there were some things that it's not that I didn't necessarily remember them. I just experienced them differently this time around. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Well, as like, an adult, it felt totally really different. different. Yeah, it's not exciting. Yeah, it is. Oh dear lord. Oh god, I'm never to get it. If I ever have children, I'm never getting a babysitter. No way. <laughs> I'm never leaving those children I mean, alone. <laughs> so what you're saying is, is that it brought you just a lot of anxiety as opposed to just like, oh, this is a fun adventure movie. Oh dear lord, yes. I, I It's totally different experience as an adult. I, yeah, I have a few thoughts um, that... Um, sorry. 
<laughs> left the building. Maybe the most annoying friend character oh, ever Lord, in a movie. I wanted to stab him. Anthony Rapp. His obnoxious. <sighs> his obnoxious giggling was like disturbing. Yeah. The, and what he would laugh at, and for how long? It just—it was so disturbing. And then he did and said so many disturbing things, like made a joke about rape pretty early in the in the movie, uh, and that you know, trying to. Look at a sleeping girl's boobs. Oh and, God! You know, obsessing, obsessing about, uh, you know, pornography. I mean, I guess I understand. He stole the. He's, you know, the what moves the whole plot is. I mean, most of the plot is him stealing that Playboy because. What's the kid's name? The other kid Brad. throws it out the window, and then he needs to try to get it back to give back to his dad or something. I don't know. Right, right. It's a pretty flimsy like plot line to drive an entire movie. But the kid is gross and obnoxious, and they should have just left him somewhere, and I would have been fine with that. You know, it's weird that they they have the the thread of that Playboy because they find one later in that office. And I don't know where that accent just came from. From the office uh, that has all the details. Uh-huh. And the, only, the weakest part of this movie is that stupid exposition where he has to explain to the other guy, even though they both know what's in the magazine, why they need it. It's for the audience. I was like, that's a really clumsy way to do that. Right. And yeah. I would think that the simple fact of the matter is that he takes... I, I love this movie, but at the same time, there's so many problems. He never, in yeah. a million years, should have taken them with him. He should have dropped them off just like two blocks later, you know, just to get away from the guy, drop them off, tell him to get the hell out. Right. He takes them all the way back to his criminal enterprise, and he's so stupid, he doesn't think that's going to be a problem. And B, yeah. why do they need the magazine as a plot point? They're now witness to their crime syndicate. That's enough reason yeah. to stop them. Yes, I agree. Yeah, so that that Playboy but, thing but seems to be completely pointless. Yeah, and, and the fact then that they, they keep... had to make... Sorry. I say the plot point also about the Playboy magazine was that she was a dead ringer for the, like, centerfold, which I didn't understand at all why that was necessary. Yeah, it has that no... A... It has nothing... I, I, in fact, it drags no. the movie down, especially in that party scene where all those like, hey, what are you doing here? And all this stuff. And I was like, right. the simple fact of the matter that a girl you do not recognize comes into the place of kids is your is your driving point to the plot, not the I the know, magazine. that's interesting enough. Yeah, well, here's what I think. And Chris Columbus at the time okay. was red hot. He had come off of Gremlins and Goonies. And he'd all, I think he'd also done Young Sherlock Holmes, but that wasn't as successful. But he was hot property in Hollywood, and they wanted to give him something to direct. The shocking part is that he didn't write this himself. When you look that it was from two different writers, you're like, that's odd. A guy known for writing really clever scripts. What I'm thinking is, is it had the seeds of a really good idea, and he rewrote it just enough to his liking, but not enough for the WGA to give him credit. So I'm guessing the bones Mm -hmm. of a weaker script are there, and he can only change so much. Yeah, I mean, I think that this movie made me think that for all of time, Bradley uh, Whitford was a creep, even yep. though he has 
have definitely played non-creepy roles. And in my mind, I just um, automatically assume he's going to be a bad guy. Yeah, well, he had the double hit. Between this. Yeah, and Revenge of the Nerds 2. Between (laughs) this. Oh, I forgot about Revenge of the Nerds 2. I was just thinking, you know, one of the other movies that I've seen so many times uh, is, what's the one with Adam Sandler? Oh, right, Billy Madison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was an asshole for like a whole decade. (laughs) Yes, he was a lot in his earlier career. So, um, yeah, I think, what a D-bag. Like, how could she not just see that he screamed D-bag? Like, everything about him was just It's so funny, the juxtaposition between the girl that he chose and the one that he got rid of because she's all, all, I mean, I'm sure they did it on purpose. The other girl looks like she's out of a cheap porno from that time period. And, you know, Elizabeth Shue is like all-American, just beauty. Yeah. Simple, classic girl. Um, And I think most of this movie holds up, like, visually, because a lot of 80s movies are really dated. Brad's hair is a little dated. But that's about it. I think everybody looks pretty, uh, like, you could take this and just put it in, in this time period and no one would really notice that much. True. I do think that uh, most most of the style would would still work. Um, I wanted to say that one of the most endearing things about this movie is the little sister <clears throat> and her utmost devotion to the god of thunder. <laughs> Thor. <laughs> everything about her is truly devoted to Thor. There's comic books. She dresses like him. Her like roller skates are Thor themed. She's like truly committed, and it like seems like it's not an important part of the story, and it isn't. But it still has like a couple really lovely moments that like it comes back around. Yeah. And now that it's but but when in 1986 that to me seemed. That kid's strange. Now, she's not strange. No, that was so novel because so we didn't in, have anything so, comic so book, in, really. Yeah. No, not at all. So in my mind, that actually, th- th- that's a glow up. Like, the, the it seems so, in ways, aged, aged better. Yeah. At least, at, at the very least, in that element. And well, that's but a that big driving... So... Yeah, it's a big yes. driving point of her character because if you remember... A lot of people think of Thor uh, post, like, once he joined the Avengers. But you watch that first Thor movie, he's yeah. a drunkard, he's a party guy, he just wants to have a fun adventure, but he's also noble heart. And that's exactly what Maya Bruton, uh, pl- what's her character? I can't remember now. What's the little girl's name? I don't know, Sarah, Sarah. or something? I don't right, remember Sarah. her name. Um, but that's what she's, she's so excited about things. Like, this is a great adventure. Oh, she's going to face on great danger, you know? And she's just, right. she's having and a all, wild time. She's, she's reacting in that way because she, because she's so enthralled with Thor and his adventures that she wants to experience her own. And she thinks that there's nothing strange about what's going on in their lives. No, she's the exact... she should be she's terrified. The, yeah, she's the yin-yang to Penelope Ann Miller's character. <laughs> yes. Which I think is the yes. first time I'd ever seen her in. I just remember for years just whenever I'd see her in something else, I'm like, yeah, but you're supposed to be nerdy. And I don't get this. <laughs> this is weird for me. I actually don't think I realized it was her until like go like later 
going back and watching it years later and I was just like and like seeing her you know she started getting like popular in the you know mid to late 80s or I mean 90s and like Relic and stuff like that right, yeah I think her I big like, coming oh. out was um, Carlito's Way because she shows up yeah. nude in that and it's like a dead serious movie and stuff like that and you're just like that's I weird. haven't seen Carlito's Way so that's not my like point of reference but okay. I get what you're saying the same thing for so anyway, Leaving Las yeah. Vegas I don't think of Elizabeth Shue in Leaving Las Vegas I've never seen it and I'd never want to because oh. apparently she's naked in it. And Elizabeth shoot to me is just like a golden goddess. Um, it's a super good. I mean, it's a well done movie, but it's really depressing. So I don't know if I would recommend it just to see a quality film. Yeah. But just watch The Saint instead. Okay. <laughs> is it weird that she didn't blow up <laughs> right? after this? This performance is phenomenal. I mean, she owns every square inch of this movie. And the fact that even look at... even the cheesy singing the blues. Oh my god! Yeah, because she you believe that she's nervous and scared. She doesn't know what she's doing. She finally just gives in. But you're talking from scene one where she comes dancing into the room. She's so jovial and excited. But she plays yeah. everything in this movie. And you look at her I resume love, after it's this. It's the... so bum. So bum. Yeah. She um. She really like that's one. Of, it's one of the best like be- opening sequences of a movie, really. And it's like she did. She did good movies, you know. She just, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, in my opinion, were good movies. Yeah, Cocktail, but not showcases for Back her to talents. Future. Yeah, yeah. Soap dish. She was always sort of like supporting, or like the girlfriend, or you know, just never really um like a shining moment for her i would say that one of my favorite moments of hers in her later years was in hamlet 2 (laughs) where she plays herself in the most amazing meltdown shit show wonderfulness i've ever seen i don't even know how to explain what an atrocity and beautiful disaster hamlet 2 is maybe we should talk about it another time <laughs> I was say, does that but count because that, that was... is sort of a teen movie maybe i don't know we can talk we can talk about whether it make if it makes sense or not but <clears throat> i think that really i mean it's not that she wasn't acting but i don't think i had seen the stuff that she had been in and i was like oh she's still acting and you know the whole joke is like that she's not she's like a nurse or something now <laughs> um but it was really i mean she has lots of credits she still yeah. does lots of things she i really just thought she disappeared never though. had her like big moment you know yeah well Me too. i did hollow for a while man. hollow man is probably her big moment where she's the hero of that movie everybody puts it as a kevin bacon movie it's not it's her movie yeah yeah she must like genre entertainment too because i look back on some of this stuff and she has a predilection for some weird ass like piranha 3d which she's fucking great in which is a crazy movie uh she did death wish and she's on the boys now and, and she's great on the boys yeah I've seen a few episodes. It's not really a show that I connect with, but I've seen a few episodes. <clears throat> but um. And Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched season two yet. I really got to get around to it. Um, so I was thinking, yeah, this is like her and Keith Coogan got a lot of work after this. But uh, Anthony Rapp, he was more of a Broadway guy, right? He went. I, I never I didn't hear his well, name again until uh, Rent. But I feel like he was in some movie like School of Ties or something. I think that he 
yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't think I heard a lot about him between the two things either, but he was doing theater and stuff like that. Um, and he's he's great in Rent, but oh, it's Days and Confused, Days and Confused, Days and Confused. Oh, That's yeah, the other yeah, yeah. movie that I that I know that he did. That we, but that was still what several years later, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was in School Ties. School ties, days of confused, which is weird because he was. That means he was in high school for like ten years <laughs> at least. Did, did I guess it, good for him. Yeah, and in my Bruton, I know more from Parker Lewis. Uh, I, sure. I mean, yes, one movie compared to a show that I watched every single episode for three years, and you can tell that's this is how she got it. But I don't know her from anything else. I believe she retired, and she's now a lawyer. Wow, cool. Good for her. That's pretty awesome. I mean, I thought she was, I think that she was a great young actress. And, you know, too too bad she didn't, you know, grace us with more of her talent. But maybe that just, you know, she didn't want that life anymore. Right. I I have no idea what it's like for a young actor, especially as they go through puberty and they're no longer in that same. Like, if you're a young actor and you're, you're good, it's a lot easier to get work. But once you pass, like, college age, you have so much mm-hmm. more competition and people who have gone to acting academies they're not just naturally able to pull it off that they have to really really study and compete in so many auditions and I can see how it's exhausting for someone who didn't have to audition very much when they're younger uh, yeah you know the other thing too is you know that was there's a pretty there's a, a decent time frame between the two I mean she started acting in 84 and she actually did a lot of stuff before Adventures in Babysitting. Then did a bunch of TV, you know, one-spot TV episodes stuff. And then she got Parker Lewis, and that was on, you know, for several years. And then she really kind of stopped after the show was over. That's pretty much it. And I can't imagine how hard it must be to be a, a kid in that scenario, or try, you know, trying to grow up in that that environment right and, and if you're I not mean, able to pivot was... if you're not able to pivot the way that she was able yeah. to and i think i think yeah uh you see a lot of young actors now like oh they they had a backup plan a lot of these 80s kids there was no backup plan there was no college there's no you know investing in anything uh, parents were stealing money left and right and then they're left with nothing and that's where a lot of the bad stories come from like you know the, the different strokes kid or the kid from christmas story as long as these kids are prepared properly by their managers and their parents for what happens after they can't get work anymore, you know, that's yeah. more successful because they can pivot to that. Or come back, like the way, but um, I, uh, oh crap, I her name, she was on Blossom. What's her name? Maya my, Bialik. My yeah, like she was able to go back and forth. Well, but I mean... Also, the the woman is brilliant, and she has a doctorate, and she has written many books. You know, that's what she was doing between in that lull between her acting career. You know, that's like the best lull ever. (laughs) Right? You know, when I don't know if you've actually ever seen saw her on Big Bang Theory, but she was, you know, she was the the one cast member who actually is a doctor and knows what she's talking about and is incredibly intelligent and. Not sure why she chose to to come back. Honestly, Wait, sometimes there's a calling. <laughs> there's a why. Why did Dolph Lundgren leave uh, MIT? You know, and and, and go True. be in stupid action movies because it's, sometimes it's just more entertaining. It, it's what your heart calls for. 
Yeah. People should have fun in their lives. Um, but anyway. How do they slip uh, two fucks past? I want to know. This is the PG-13 movie, I think, at most. Yeah. <laughs> slip two fucks in, and the rule's always been, you get one fuck. And, and somehow they were able to do it, and I'm like, wow, I guess the 80s were a little more lenient. <sighs> Yeah, overall, so this was a PG-13 movie? I believe so. It might have been PG. I'll look it up right now. I don't know. I'll just say that, like, if this movie was made now, it says it's PG-13. If this movie was made now, it would, so much stuff would have to change to keep that PG-13 or or to even be made because some a lot of this stuff would just be deemed entirely unacceptable. Yeah. You know, so much bad stuff in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah, this really tests that line. Just, like, overly sexualizing, like, you know, her, her the the whole thing when they go to that stupid frat party, which was such a bad decision, and what the fuck? Like, and then the, what, 15-year-old boy and with this, of course, you know, over-sex-crazed older girl, and she's just like, want to go to bed? And he's like, yeah, sure, of course. You know, it's just, I don't know. Part of it was really bad decisions made on on all of their parts, but also just there's just stuff in this movie that I don't think would would go over well now. And some of the stuff made me cringe. Well, I'm, more, I'm curious, did you see the remake? I wonder how much they changed. Okay, okay, so I actually wanted to tell you about that. So um, I will tell you this. They made one for the Disney Channel. That is uh, warning number one, Disney Channel. Number two, um, so I started watching it on uh, the other day, and it's on Disney Plus, and I watched maybe half of it, and I have no intention of finishing it, and it's garbage. So <laughs> <laughs> please don't watch it. It is nothing like this movie. It has none of the charm. It has none of the, like, like actual you know scary moments it's a very 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 loose remake where it's basically yeah they're baby she's babysitting and then some other kids babysitting and they get stuck together and uh, it's a bunch of bitch, bitch fest and okay so the sitter is, the with kids. jonah hill is more of a remake than this maybe yeah I don't know. I only watched an hour, like maybe an hour of it, and it was just like, this is garbage. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was so bad. They just like changed it into these like two teen girls having this rivalry and then accidentally get stuck together. And one night, when one of the kids runs away to. No, he doesn't run away. He just goes to a concert when he wasn't supposed to in the city. Oh, no. So, I mean, it has no charm whatsoever. And and so obviously, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I'm pretty sure they do not climb outside <laughs> skyscrapers in the most unrealistic, ridiculously unsafe scenario. <laughs> and somehow Did they have the still Thor managed. On it? Did they keep that? To to still no, there was no Thor. What? That's Which, a big part of the movie. I know it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Why? Why now? When it would make more sense than anything? Instead, they made a little the little girl be uh, play roller derby or something, and so she was still had the roller skates. But that's it. Wow. 
So no Vincent yeah, D'Onofrio in a very, very ridiculous wig. Ugh, <laughs> I know, right? Wig. My God. It looks like it's from a Halloween store. You get out of a $3 bag. Yeah, he looked like he was trying. He he was putting on a He-Man costume. Yeah. And it just didn't quite go right. Yeah, that, that's another curse of the 80s is the, the gay jokes. And he goes, he said you were a homo. I hey, you spread uh, rumors about me? Well, first off, that's stupid because you just met. <laughs> Literally just met, right. so there's no way that's true. Yeah, his reaction was strange. Yeah. I, I still think it's a pretty great movie. It's so entertaining. And it, it just moves. It The sucker moves. And I love the fact that it has kind of a John Hughes feel without being part of it. Because, um, yeah. well, it's set in New York, right? Not Chicago? No, I'm pretty sure it's Chicago. Is it Chicago? Okay, so that makes a lot more sense. But it feels like... I don't, know that they, I don't know that they blatantly say it at any point, but I'm almost positive it's Chicago. Okay. Um, but, of course, they would work together a lot later, with, uh, you know, on Home Alone and Only the Lonely and stuff like that. But um, they must have been friends or something about Chicago was calling, you know... For them to make all their movies around that because Chris Columbus, a big thing is that it always starts in the suburbs and, and half the time they head to the city and they always have mm-hmm. the blues. The blues and soul music in the 80s was everywhere. Uh, did he do... Uh, what's the one where they like make the girlfriend? What's that called? Weird Science. That is a John Hughes movie. Okay. That's why I ask, because of the part where they sing the blues or whatever, go to the blues club. Yeah. <laughs> the lady talks like this the whole time. She kicked me right in the nuts. <laughs> she kicked you in the nuts. <laughs> it's one of the weirdest scenes ever. <laughs> anyway, it, yeah, I looked it up, and it's definitely Chicago. Okay. Um, but our second film is, I don't, I don't think it holds up as well. I've only ever seen this one other time. I know that it was a regular staple of HBO. Like it just, it, it's bread and butter during the nineties. But, um, uh, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead is a fine movie, but it doesn't have that thing that adventures of babysitting has. And I don't know what it is, but it's just not there. It has a good director, Stephen Herrick, who did Bill and Ted. He just came off Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. It's got a good cast, an interesting story, yeah. and it's an almost movie. I'm almost with it. I think that what makes it different is that instead of having, like, an adventure over one night where everything seems so, like, a life or death, everything, every moment matters, every action matters, it, it kind of, it like, drags, and it's like, it, it's not drags exactly, but it deals with more day-to-day Death. Right. Well, okay, so and... here's the irony is that they tried to make a sitcom out of Adventures in Babysitting, but my, that um, uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead is very sitcom-like. It's even shot kind of flat. Yeah. It, it's, it's episodic, for sure. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I think it would make more sense, actually. Um, so, of course, I have a lot of problems with that movie, too, but, um, I mean... She lies, obviously, but she feels desperate, and then she accidentally gets in this situation, and then she's like, well, heck, let's just ride it out, because I know that I don't deserve this job, but I really need money. Uh, But, you know, so many of the things that happen are either really gross, 
I just mean creepy or whatever, yeah. but and also super seems super unlikely to happen. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, like how would she get this job? She has no idea what she's doing. How would not? How wouldn't people not notice? Yeah, that, that uh, always bothers me. That's a big '90s movie thing. I don't know if you've seen Opportunity Knocks with Dana Carvey, but that's another one of those. How the fuck is it possible you got this far? Like anybody with half a yeah. brain would have shut this down. Yeah. I just think that the entire premise that it's built upon is just so unlikely. The mom leaves her five kids for two months? In Australia. I mean, no. Do they really even explain the Australia thing? Does she have a boyfriend? Did I miss that? The boyfriend is taking her. Other, <sighs> like, they don't have the money for that, but the boyfriend's paying for it or something. Yeah, but two months? Yeah. That seems I know, like a really right? fucking so, long so time. First first unrealistic thing is that she would leave her five kids for two months second is that she would get that job to begin with there's just no freaking way that i just feel like so much is built on things that would never possibly happen the babysitter would not die and if it did why would you just hide her in the cellar i mean all these things just none of it makes any sense i'm pretty it's sure these are crimes technically i believe that's a crime for not reporting yes. a dead body i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that there's several crimes happening here um, it, it's not that I don't find the movie enjoyable despite all those things, despite the fact that her boss's boyfriend sexually harasses her every single moment that he is near her. Um, uh, blah, 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 gross me out. Yeah, well, he was like uh, the king I, of those assholes. Uh, this I man wanted, at work yeah. and uh, Curly Sue, he was like just the go-to sleaze. Yeah, I wanted to punch Keith Coogan's character Kenny for almost the entirety of the movie, in addition to David Duchovny's character. Um, I just wanted to punch all those fools all day long. They were, they just suck so much. <laughs> it what saves it, I think, is uh, of course the two leads, Christy Applegate and Josh Charles. I forgot how charming he was because he's not really yeah. he's seen more of a smarmy jackass a lot of times. Uh, you know, Sometimes. In, yeah, and I just thought he was so wonderful and charming in this. And Joanna Cassidy, she fucking steals this thing. <laughs> nobody gives her any credit, but she's really good. She, I mean, she is kind of a scene-stealing kind of actress, I mean. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever seen her in, uh, excuse me, if you've ever seen her in, uh, what's it called? Oh gosh, I'm sorry. It's the TV show with with the family who owns the mortuary. Oh, she's in that. She's in Six yes. Feet Under. I didn't know that. Yes, she has a very like. Sorry, thank you for saying sixteen. Or I just forgot for some reason. She has a very uh, long run as a one of the parents of one of the other characters. So like. Uh, anyway, she's a total whack job, and but totally like just amazing to watch on screen, you know? Yeah. So I think uh, yeah, it's a dad movie. It's a total fucking dad movie, but it works. Is the package with Gene Hackman and Tommy Lee Jones? She's in it, and she's fucking badass. Mm. She's so good in it. I don't think I've seen that. I, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, I think it's one of the yeah. best of those kind of political thriller kind of movies, you know? Yeah. Mm. Okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, I'm looking at Josh Charles just seeing, like, he's really done a ton of stuff. And, yeah, I think I know what you mean, but I get a lot of, like, 
jerky vibe in a lot of the stuff he did until he was in um, The Good Wife. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I haven't, but what, I think he, what it was was Sports Night. All of a sudden, he's handling all that dialogue uh, from Aaron Sorkin, and they're always so fast and smarmy. That yeah. kind of changed our perception, because honestly, I only know of one thing he did between this movie and Sports Night, and it was a sci-fi movie called Crossworlds. Was he in other movies that I don't know? Oh, Threesome. He was in Threesome. I remember that one. He was in a ton of stuff. Was threesome. He? Things to do in Denver when you're dead. Oh, yeah. Puppets um, from Space. I mean, he actually has a lot more credits than we realize, I Okay, think. but it just, I figured the after Poet this. Society. Okay, is that where he started? Mo- his first I still... movie was Hairspray. He did Hairspray. Um, and then Dead Poet Society. I have never seen Dead Poet Society, and I feel like that's where you're going to find most what? of your leading men from the 90s, but I just got it on Voodoo, so we're going to watch it. <laughs> it'll be wow. good. I think it'll work really well with, like, school ties or something. Yeah, agreed, agreed, because remember how I, how much I, do you remember how much I watched school ties? When, yeah. When well, we no, had I watched VHS? it quite a bit with you, but I've never seen Whew. Dead Poet Society. It's so strange. It just keeps passing me Yeah, by. I think... You know, that's where you really see some solid... I mean, they were young then, but, you know, still really solid actors. Robert, Sean Leonard, Ethan Hawke, Josh Charles, like, you know, made were able to transition to, you know, pretty quality adult actors. So, that's good. Yeah, we should do those later. Uh, some anyway. other children in this, uh, we have Daniel Harris, who, for some reason in my mind, I will Daniel always Harris. think of you when I think of her and vice versa. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, you said that before when we talked about Halloween. I don't know. Yeah, it's just because she's so short. I didn't realize that she was my age. I thought she was younger. And so when I watched those Halloween movies, I imagined that it was you in danger. And that's why four and five are so close to my heart because I imagined you were running away from Michael Myers. And, and that's in my mind, whenever I think of Daniel Harris, I think of you. And, and like I said, vice versa. Like, I can't decide if it's sweet because you cared about my well-being or because you envisioned me being attacked by a serial killer and I should be disturbed by no, that. No, no, no. It's just, you know... Yeah, okay. So, okay. Okay. Okay, we'll just go. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm on. kidding. You mean, she really kind of had... She really has had a lot of dark movies in her... Uh, career kind of because of that yeah it is the one thing i think that's kind of damaged her career a little bit because in the beginning she was getting working all sorts of stuff and now it's just mostly horror um but She's hey like what do i do for a living so i'm gonna shut my pie hole um uh somebody, and the other she kid, does a lot of voice work i didn't know that oh yeah I my goodness know. 90 episodes of the wild thornberries she did the voice the rugrats so she's done a lot of voice work too which i think would would be a lot of fun but she's yeah. Now most of her stuff is pretty dark. The the two other kids, um, Chris Chris yeah. Claridge, who played Lizard, I believe. I think that's what, he was in so many of these weird ass. Uh, you know, he was always like the smarmy. Uh, that's not the right actor. I don't know who the little brother is. You know the one you always saw. I think he Walter? was in Rookie of the Year. Was it Walter? Was it Walter the one who broke his arm? Yes, and who bought all that electronics was- equipment. He was in Forever Young, Leprechaun. He did a lot of stuff when he was a kid. Yeah, it just like um, we saw him all the time. He was ubiquitous for this era. Yeah, I think Rookie of the Year, right? He was his friend, Mr. Nanny. Yeah, a lot of stuff. 
Definitely remember his mullet. <laughs> and finally, the last child uh, was on. His name is Christopher Pettit, and uh, he was on Young Riders for a season as young Jesse James, and sadly died away. Uh, died oh, in two right. I thought he looked super familiar, and I think that it was. It's because of his eyes are super memorable. But uh, yeah, that must be what it was from that show because we were super into it when. When it was on 21 episodes, it was Jesse James and the Young Rider. Yeah, that's definitely it. He was also, says he was in Point Break. I think he was, you remember, you know, her, he was the younger brother of um, Laurie Petty's character, I think. I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Not a very big part, but. The, uh, I think another problem with the movie is that it's not um, screwball comedy enough. It's so weird that Stephen Herrick is known for comedy. And he it works very well with Bill and Ted because he has the whole sci-fi thing to bounce off of. But with yeah, this yeah. one, it's not enough high energy. It's really flat, and and every time things get complicated, it doesn't. It's just not silly enough for me. I think. Yeah. No, I get it. But it's weird because it's weird because it has these elements that you would think that would lead to hijinks, like. How in the entire city of L.A., she L.A., she works at this high-end, no, not really, you find out it's not really, fashion place, right? And the ha- just happens to be the same place she works with, this horrible bitchy girl who is mad at her, understandably, she has every right to be pissed at this girl because she stole her job, really. She's not. I mean, she's kind of a bitch, but she's also. No, I would. I would be in the same place. I would try to figure out who the hell this is. How did she get this job? Wait, and I wish they had treated her really as. Is she really a villain? Yeah, she. She's not a villain unless, except for the way the director sets her to be. You know what I right. mean? Like in real life, she should have been more three dimensional. She shouldn't have been a right. flat out villain. And then how in all of this stupid, stupid, huge city of L.A. does it turn out that the guy she's kind of seeing is the little brother of the chick who hates her? Yeah. I mean, how many people in Los Angeles? <laughs> right. Millions. And therefore, more hijinks should have ensued, and it did not. Instead, she just sort of dodged him and, you know, acted weird and t- didn't tell him. She told him half half-truths and yeah well you know, the dumbest the fucking dumbest part of this movie which leads to the dumbest part of the movie yes. is the party where he doesn't even notice there's a thousand cars outside of her house parks gets yeah. out of the car still doesn't notice yeah. walks in and goes you're having a party <laughs> you fucking oh my god but how did but he's like yelling all these things to her through the like speaker of his like delivery truck which also seems weird because it's like, why do you have this speaker? You're not like the ice cream man. Yeah, also, or whatever. it's not like you're not allowed to be on the property. You could just go up to the door and say these things. So he thinks that she's outside and will hear all these things, yet he doesn't notice that there's hundreds of people there. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. And I think a little bit of an error in judgment and doing it that way. And I'll say this, though. When Keith Coogan takes off that fake wig... <laughs> I know! I mean, so we, and he was. And I was just like, yeah, if I was that girl, i get it. And I get why he reacts to her. Like, they finally noticed each other. But yep. at the same time, the fact that he completely ditches who he is. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't remember that happening in high school, but I'm sure it did happen. Someone just goes, oh, fuck, the, uh, for a girl, I'll change everything. But it's still going to be a... But mo- he a... didn't do it. He didn't do it for a girl. Oh, right. Duh. I forgot to save I mean, his sister because they were going to go to jail. You, right. You see that he, he... He does transition slowly over the course of those two months, you know, where there's a point where he... He, he goes from being a total wasteland and doing nothing to he finally starts getting interested in cooking and starts cooking meals and cleaning the house and taking care of the kids and then getting mad at her because she didn't come home for dinner. You know, I mean, That's it's, true. Yeah, it's yeah. a little it's a little funny because they do, you know, kind of poke poke fun at the like the stereotypical like a oh, female role and that and that. it's kind of cool they did that in an 80s movie with a you know a teenage boy but um you know you saw some progressions that he he had there was some glimmer in his eye that he was just like oh maybe i do want more than this and started cooking and doing all that stuff and then has his makeover and then he meets the girl i mean he I guess he knew her and kind of liked her but you know actually had a real encounter with her right, which he basically been never had before so we, we joked about this yeah well i joked about it. i was yeah. telling you about like he's like the patron saint i don't think you have to die so hold on if i'm wrong but he's like the patron saint of nice guys in teen movies during this era like he's so opposite of what you saw in a lot of these movies because he and he seems uh-huh. like a generally great dude from what i've seen on social media and it's just so interesting comparing all the other guys from that era that you know turn out to be like oof well i guess we have to write them off you know and and in the, in the roles themselves a lot of these uh roles for young men back then were either uh you look back and you cringe or yeah. um or they're one-dimensional, and I think that he—I think it's him that brings a lot of sensitivity to these roles. I'm going to say that it has something to do with the fact that he was born in Palm Springs, and then he got his early—one of his earliest roles as a voice in *The Fox and the Hound* for Disney. Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, I just—I think you're right that he. Uh, I, I haven't really noticed much of his social media stuff, but uh, that he maybe it, it was luck, maybe it was making good choices that he uh, got to play uh, or chose to play characters that weren't complete douchebags or unaware so, douchebags. Like if he plays a villain in something or something that's a little sleazy, there's an awareness. It's not like this is cool. Yeah. He does seem to be more of a, you know, he play a more sensitive, yeah, uh, quality kind of person. Yeah, and but I admit there's a lot of his stuff that I haven't seen. True, there's a lot of credits. The, and it's, it's, I mean, he got a lot of work after Adventures of Babysitting, but a lot of it was kind of lower tier stuff, like independent, or he was a supporting role in a studio film like Toy Soldiers, and and this. yeah, but he's been acting since 1978. He, um, how many credits he had before he was even in that? Wow, I don't know. Like, like, like a lot of movies. One, two, like tons of like role. He was on the Waltons for a couple years. Oh, I, I know. Was, you know, show. I didn't know that. yeah. Well, you know, his grandfather was Jackie Coogan, who played on. Yeah, the I did. I did know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they set up that whole Coogan 
Act or whatever. So I think it's the one that set up. So you you have to put some of the money from uh, when you worked under eighteen into a savings account. You yeah. cannot touch it. That way, your parents don't strip you of all your money and you don't blow because you're you know uh, impulsive teen. Yeah, good. Yeah, you should. Yeah, he was in he was in several episodes of Chips and like Starman. Okay. So he had probably. He probably had 15, 20 credits before he was ever in Adventures in Babysitting. Wow, so he was the most experienced of the bunch. I didn't know that. Because I know Elizabeth Shue was the breakout yeah. because she was in Karate Kid. But the difference yeah. between the two the performances between her and Karate Kid where she's kind of like, she's good, but she doesn't have a lot to work with. But what she's given in Adventures in Babysitting yeah. just blew her up. And I can't believe it. After that, it was just, oh, the girlfriend. <laughs> That's it after that for years. So Well, unfor- unfortunately, you know, that's a lot of what, girls were women were given in the 80s and 90s i mean it still happens now that like they you know that that's the role they get the girlfriend or the doting wife like it still exists now yeah so i I say both movies are fun um they're just there's some problematic stuff in it but it's it's not so much that it derails it for you but if you've seen it as many times as i have is when you start questioning logic (laughs) Yeah, try not to think too much about logic, and I mean, there are a few things that definitely, um, you know, aren't appropriate, you know, all, yeah, the homo jokes, and, you know, making making a joke about rape is never okay, um, you know, I definitely have some issues, but overall, they are still enjoyable films. So and that... don't ever go watch the remake of Adventures <laughs> in Babysitting on the Disney Channel. Promise yeah. you'll be disappointed. Um, so that is it for this episode. Check us out on Facebook under Video Night Podcast. You'll find all our episodes there. And I have no idea what we're going to do next. I think this is the last of that big list that we put together. I don't remember anything yeah, else. Yeah, we need to make a new... We'll make a new list. But hey, if you all have any suggestions... Or, or things you'd like, really like for us to talk about. Maybe your favorite movies that we haven't um, looked into yet. Uh, give us some suggestions because we we love your input. Yeah, it's it's almost two year that we've been doing this show, and I guess that's we're, if we're done with our list. I guess that's the end of season one, and when we continue, it'll be the beginning of a whole yes. new season. That's cool. All right, I will hit social media, ask you what teen movies you want us to discuss, and uh, we'll try to make a list from that. Thank you. Everybody have a good night.